your boss isn't going to come in and be like, good job, you came in today with no coffee, I'm super proud of you. Like, nobody's going to care. But you, in the end, you are going to benefit from not buying that coffee in ways you don't even know. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and You, we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Learning With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. How's everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's just me and Amanda this week. We're going over Chapter 2 of The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Last week, we left off with a little bit of a cliffhanger, wondering what he was meaning by... The next chapter, we will learn to focus, or we will focus on the one thing that controls our life. We each had our own little theory about it, but... Sounds like we were all wrong. (laughs) It was all about choices. The title of chapter two is Choices. Amanda's going to read us basically the whole paragraph, puts it all perfectly, and we didn't want to butcher it. Sometimes it's better to just actually read it instead of put it in your own words. It says, we all come into this world the same, naked, scared, and ignorant. After that grand entrance, the life we end up with is simply an accumulation of all the choices we make. Our choices can be our best friend or our worst enemy. They can deliver us to our goals or send us orbiting into a galaxy far, far away. Think about it. Everything in your life exists because you first because you first made a choice about something. Choices are at the root of every one of your results. Each choice starts a behavior that over time becomes a habit. Choose poorly and you just might find yourself back at the drawing board, forced to make new, often harder choices. Don't choose at all and you've made the choice to be the passive receiver of whatever comes your way. In essence, you make your choices and then your choices make you. Every decision, no matter how slight, alters the trajectory of your life. Whether or not to go to college, whether or not to marry, to have that last drink before you drive, to indulge in gossip or to stay silent, to make one more prospecting call or call it a day, to say I love you or not. Every choice has an impact on the compound effect of your life. Well, that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> the, no, I really like how he's starting to already drill it into our heads that it's the choices we make that add up. So even, you know, as simple as not saying I love you to your wife before you leave for work could do damage throughout the day. or Potentially long term, it's going to do a lot of damage. You just don't realize it now. And that's literally just saying three little words. That really blew my mind. I like how he says your biggest challenge isn't that you've intentionally been making bad choices. Your biggest challenge is that you've been sleepwalking through your choices. Half the time you're not even aware that you're making them. Sometimes your choices are often shaped by your culture or your upbringing. No, that was huge because we talk about it all the time, taking the red pill, but it's stuff you've been doing your whole life without even a second thought, like waking up and going to get coffee because your dad always did, you know. Here it is costing you your literally your future yeah even just learning from example from your parents or your peers teachers anyone yeah yeah your role model whoever it was that you just grew up knowing that was okay he says you didn't intend to sabotage yourself but by not thinking about your decisions weighing the risks and potential outcomes you've 
found yourself facing unintended consequences. Nobody intends to become obese, go through bankruptcy, or get a divorce, but often, if not always, those consequences are the result of a series of small, poor choices, which compound over time. No, that leads right into the next, not chapter, but the next section of the book where he goes into Elephants Don't Bite. I know you weren't a big fan of that chapter, but... <clears throat> not really. <laughs> I I thought it made a lot of sense, you know. When you see, like, a big elephant or a bear, you know, you can almost scare it away, but the snake or the spider or the scorpion, those are the things that are going to come for you. The little guys. Sounds creepy. <laughs> It's that time of year. So to go along with that, then basically you need to be aware of everything and all your choices, even the little ones, because even the insignificant decisions can completely throw you off course if you're not paying attention. You can get overwhelmed, space out, all these little actions, they take you off course. I like how he's not focusing on money and he uses weight as a thing a lot because it's like... You know, you don't think about buying that bag of chips, but let alone eating that bag of chips, what it it does to you. He, he talks about, like, the emotional effects of eating junk. and So even just wasting your money on that bag of chips is a whole different topic, but the other ripple effects that come from simple little choices is literally <laughs> buying a bag of chips. Yeah, like he says, before you know it, you've ate the whole bag. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's me with cookies. That's why I don't buy cookies anymore. It's safer away from us. <laughs> I like the last part of this section. It says, you've allowed yourself to make a choice without thinking. And as long as you're making choices unconsciously, you can't consciously choose to change that ineffective behavior and turn it into productive habits. It's time to wake up and make empowering choices. Well, we keep talking about how these little choices make so much difference, but What's a good way for us to even know these choices we're making consciously? Well, in the book, he says that he started out by um, keeping a journal, like a daily log every day. He started started with his wife. He didn't tell her, but he wrote something down that he appreciated about her every day from Thanksgiving one year until Thanksgiving the next year. And then, then he gave it to her. She said it was the best gift she ever got. And but it, Better than the car. Yeah, better than the Ferrari or whatever he said he bought her. I don't like Lambo, one of those. Mercedes, maybe it was. was Mercedes. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't that big. Yeah. (laughs) Make him feel bad. But he said, but it was even better than what was cool about it was not only did it make his wife happy, but it opened up his eyes to all of the good things about her that he, on a daily basis, would miss. And then he kind of like fell in love with her all over again and rekindled their relationship. And so, again, just a compound effect from. And then. In reference to that, because he was treating her differently, she was responding differently, and it just kept going back and forth, but it was all with positive results, just by starting with one simple thing of writing down one thing a day. And that's amazing. That just to show you how writing it down will just make the biggest difference. You think, what's that going to do? I'm never going to read it. But even if he never went back and read them, it made him every time. He had to spend an hour thinking about his wife, thinking what she did for him. Yeah. And then he references, when not talking about relationships, but with your money, if you want to start saving money and you don't know how, just simply start a financial journal and write down everything you spend your money on. Every single thing. Have a little notebook and a pen. So 
he says, it's funny because you realize that you don't want to have to take that notebook out and write down, you know, I bought this bag of chips or I went to McDonald's again or whatever it is. It, it gets irritating to you. And so you, you stop doing it because you, you're, you are now conscious of it. No, that was my favorite part. It's you're writing it down. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go get another coffee. And by the third time that week, you've wrote down $7 and you see... Wow, am I really going to spend seven more dollars this week on this coffee? And you're, It's going to turn you right off. So I just want to read the actually one small part. It says, Choosing to look for and focus on his wife's positive qualities changed his view of her, which changed how he interacted with her. As a result, she made different choices about the way she responded to him. The cycle perpetuated, or shall we say compounded. And then there's this little note. It says, You can use a gratitude assessment. Um, you can download it from thecompoundeffect.com slash free. I haven't looked at it yet, but it it just seems like it might be something that could be helpful. That's actually perfect. It leads right into the next part of owning 100%. And that's what he did by owning that he wasn't thinking of his wife all the time. He now was. And it it made her also change the way she was acting towards him. And that was 100% all him changing his attitude towards his wife. It had nothing to do with her being nicer or doing more things for him. It was all his actions of noticing the good she did. I like a point in the book. He says, I know you think you take responsibility for your life. I've yet to ask somebody who doesn't say, of course I take responsibility for my life. But then you look at how most people operate in the world. There's a lot of finger-pointing, victimhood, blaming, and expecting someone else or the government to solve their problems. If you've ever blamed traffic for being late or decided you are in a bad mood because of something your kid, your spouse, or your coworker did, then you're not taking 100% personal responsibility. You arrived late because the printer was busy. Maybe you shouldn't have waited until the last minute. Coworker messed up the presentation. Well, shouldn't you have double-checked it yourself before delivering it? Not getting along with your unreasonable teen, there are countless fantastic books and classes to help you learn how to deal. You alone are responsible for what you do and don't do, or how you respond to what's done to you. I feel like we say that every week, but no, you are the only one who can fix your debt. You're the only one that can fix any of this. Juan always says that a past, your past you, he thinks you live in like the shadow. You're two years ahead of yourself. Oh yeah, he does Makes always say that. that. Yeah, where you are now is a reflection of your choices you made two years ago, basically. But that leads right into getting lucky, which everyone thinks that they millionaires are lucky people. But, I mean, some of it, very little may have been luck, but um, all of it was luck plus all the education, all the timing they put in. Taking advantage of opportunities. What was our one, uh, Lady Luck, from the book before? Or the goddess. The goddess of good luck. Favors, though, a man of action. Yeah. It's the same idea here, that if you don't put in the work, if you're not looking for it, if you're not ready for it, luck's useless. Basically, he says that the difference is when luck came my way, I took advantage of it. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) There is a complete formula for getting lucky. It's preparation, which is personal growth, attitude, belief, and mindset opportunity a good thing coming your way action doing something about it and all of that equals luck that's perfect (laughs) he says 
Uh, no matter what has happened to you, take complete responsibility for it, good or bad, victory or defeat, own it. My mentor, Jim Rowan, said, the day you graduate from childhood to adulthood is the day you take full responsibility for your life. And that's to go with the luck saying that there is no luck. You are the only one that can change all of it. Yeah, you have to pay attention. <clears throat> take advantage and create your own luck. We were talking about tracking there before. This next chapter, we end up going back to it. What is it? Keep it slow and easy. And that one's sweet because it's pretty much the 21-day challenge that we did in our last book. So if you've been following along, only now you're going to challenge yourself to track what you're doing for 21 days. So if you're going to use it for money, you're tracking every penny you spend. If you're tracking it for calories, it's everything you put in your mouth. You keep saying what you kept saying, shoving in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and we made it sound horrible. <laughs> but yeah, or if it's going to the gym, how many times you went and what workouts you did or how many miles you walked at work. Just tracking every step so you can see and what you can work on the next day or the next month or just in general. What's improving? Yeah, and if you can see your improvement when you go back and reference it, then that'll just give you more encouragement to keep going. It makes me think of when we did the richest man in Babylon, we talked about your cave and where you need to see where the holes are. And this is a good way for you to, you know, shut off the lights and put a candle in there so you can see all the light coming out of your cave and patch up the holes. I also like at the end of this chapter, he says... Once you start tracking your life, your attention will be focused on the smallest things you're doing right as well as the smallest things you're doing wrong. And when you choose to make even the smallest course corrections consistently over time, you'll begin to see amazing results. But don't expect immediate fanfare. When I say small course corrections, I'm talking truly invisible. Chances are no one's going to notice them anytime soon. There will be no applause. No one's going to send you a congratulations card or a trophy for these disciplines. And yet, eventually, their compounding effect will result in an exceptional payoff. It's the littlest disciplines that pay off over time, the effort and preparation for the great triumph that happened when no one was looking. A horse wins by a nose but gets ten times the prize money. Is the horse ten times faster? No, just a little bit better. But it was those extra laps around the track, the extra discipline in the horse's nutrition, or the extra work by the jockey that made the results a slight bit better with compounding rewards i really like that it shows that your boss isn't gonna come in and be like good job you came in today with no coffee i'm super proud of you like nobody's gonna care but you in the end you are going to benefit from not buying that coffee in ways you don't even know yeah you have to care <laughs> and then you were talking about you said take a walk so it must mean the story you're referring to yeah i really liked it so it says uh phil was an entrepreneur and founder of the company, of, he was a, the CEO of a sizable company. It was doing more than $100 million in sales annually. So the company was doing fine. But I detected, detected a lack of engagement, trust, and enthusiasm in the culture of his organization. I wasn't too surprised. It turns out that Phil hadn't been in parts of his own building for more than five years. He'd never spoken personally to more than 80% of his staff. He basically lived in a bubble with his management team. I asked Phil to track just one change. Three times a week, he had to step outside of his office and walk around the building. His goal was to seek out at least three people whom he saw doing things right or had heard good things about and give them some personal acknowledgement of his appreciation. This one small change in his behavior took less than an hour a week, 
but had massive effects over time. The employees Phil took the time to recognize began to go the extra mile and work harder to earn his greater appreciation. Other employees started to perform better, observing the great effort was recognized and appreciated. The ripple effect of their new attitude transferred to their customer interactions, improving the customer's experience with the company, increasing repeat and referral business, which increased everyone's pride. That simple change over the period of 18 months did a complete 180 on the company culture. Net profits grew by more than 30% during that time, utilizing the same staff and zero additional investment in marketing, all because Phil committed to one small, seemingly insignificant step done consistently over time. That's amazing. And even if that's not a true story, it's the point of it is it's believable because you know that imagine when you're at work and you don't get any appraise for it and then you finally do and now you're going to go and work extra hard and especially if you're in sales or whatever his business does, then you're picking up the phone and you're talking to that person and you're extra happy and it just, you made his day so he he remembers how good that conversation was and gets you new business and endless ripple. I had a, a challenge, I guess, for everyone at home was what is something in your life that you could do that would only take you an hour that would try to find, you know, is it like talking to your kids for an extra hour every day? I mean, all he had to do was walk around his office. So something that simple, like if it's trying to exercise and can you do something? You know? Maybe you need to organize. <laughs> That's awesome. We're talking to ourselves right now. We're trying to get our house in order again. And we've realized that even an hour a day right now in the compound, it's been. And then he says, time is of the essence, which we've talked about every time, every episode for since we started this. Start today. Yeah, whatever it is you're doing. Start yesterday. The earlier you start making small changes, the more powerfully the compound effect works in your favor. Whether you're talking about stocks and money and your financial future or just your life in general, just stop waiting. And then he goes on to give many examples on why. It's the same examples as we've gone over before where people can't catch up. And it blows my mind every time that people who put in even $10,000 more than the person who started 10 years before can never catch up to you. And you don't even have to try anymore. You're like already you're winning a race that you're not even in. Oh, this success is half a marathon was a cute little story, but it made me think of one in my own life where me and our child decided to go for a bike ride every day, and we could only go up to a certain point because we we live in a hilly spot, and he could only go so high because he was scared, and every day we'd go to as high as he wanted, and what was it like? two days ago we went to the end of the whole road which is a mile almost or more and you know it was amazing that he he, not even without thinking about it but we were compounding doing as far as he could as far as he could and now he did the whole entire road (laughs) that's cute i was gonna read the the end of this chapter it says since your outcomes are all a result of your moment to moment choices you have incredible power to change your life by changing those choices Step by step and day by day, your choices will shape your actions until they become habits, where practice makes them permanent. Losing is a habit, so is winning. Now let's work on permanently instilling winning habits into your life. Eliminate sabotaging habits and instill the needed positive habits, and you can take your life in any direction you desire. To the heights of your greatest imaginations, let me show you how. (laughs) That's the end of chapter two. Leaves us cliffhanging again. What do you think it is? 
since this one was choices, you've already cheated, haven't you? Not intentionally, so I guess I won't answer. <laughs> well, I'm asking you at home then. <laughs> Summary action steps. Let's see. What area, person, or circumstance in your life do you struggle with the most? Start journaling all the aspects of the situation that you are grateful for. Keep a record of everything that reinforces and expands your gratitude in that area. No, I just want to. That's yep. really cool because if you think about it, anything you're like working out and you're not seeing the benefits, but you start writing down and you see that you ran that extra mile that you thought you could never do, then that alone is an accomplishment that you can be proud of. Not even the weight loss or the rest of it. Yeah, because you don't see the benefits of weight loss if that's what you're doing or even like like gaining muscle or toning or whatever you're trying to do. You won't see those benefits for months. But I guarantee you that if you wrote down that it was 12 minutes on the treadmill and then it was 14 minutes and then it was 18 minutes, that in itself would con- would help you. Incur- would Within the 21 you. days. So I get you. Sure. Yeah. Number two is where in your life are you not taking 100% responsibility for the success or failure of your present condition? Write down three things you have done in the past that have messed things up. List three things you should have done but didn't. Write out three things that happened to you but you responded poorly. Write down three things you can start doing right now to take back responsibility for the outcome of your life. That one I definitely need to do. That one hits home for you. Yeah. Like, oh, it sounded personal. <laughs> I was just reading. I wasn't talking to you personally. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, really? That's what I get? That's going to be good. Start track. The last one is start tracking at least one behavior in one area of your life you'd like to change and improve. Example, money, nutrition, fitness, recognizing others, parenting, whatever it is. No, that's why... This book wasn't even intentionally done for us to do talk about money, and here we are, still find ourselves no matter what, because it's more than just money. It's the power that it has behind it. It really is. Yeah, all all their decisions affect, I guess, all aspects of your life. Oh, he had a little bonus thing he was talking at the end of one of the chapters, and he said that he learned from his mentor that to be rich is 80% Knowledge or eighty percent is human choice and twenty percent is knowledge. Just choosing to do the right thing or choosing not to buy or choosing what to learn. Yeah, choosing what to invest your time in and what you put in your brain, basically. But twenty percent is just the physical money, and that's funny that you think it's all like, oh, I, if I had thirty thousand dollars, if I had a million, but no, because that other eighty percent isn't there yet. No, I get that. That makes sense. Those are all my notes for chapter two, and I haven't read chapter three yet. Going back to the call to action, this one is definitely you need to go and get a journal and start writing down three things you're grateful for each day in either the subject of whatever you're trying or even your wife or your kids, your job, just three things and see how it affects you for 21 days. Yeah, and then one more time, you can go to thecompoundeffect.com slash free to do a gratitude assessment test which would help you um, just get to know yourself better in areas that you do need to work on. Is that it? That's all I I got. So I hope everybody can come back next week to join us on The Compound Effect Part 3, well, Chapter 3 we don't want to tell you the secret. (laughs) You can give it away. (laughs) I hope to see everybody then. Everybody have a good week. Bye.
Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303 u at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.